4 o'clock uh, on a day like today and every day. But, hey, we're only on the air until 5.30 because that's when we give way to Westwood One's coverage of the national championship game. So, yeah, when we were going to be live today at Border City Ale House, 1506 Lee Trevino, I asked for permission to go on an hour early because I want to give uh, the Ale House and all of you your money's worth today, as you might imagine, because 90 minutes just doesn't do it justice. I want the two-and-a-half-hour experience. So we'll take out the last ESPN radio hour before we were going to come on the show and feel that, hey, uh, I would rather be live and local and get you ready for uh, what should be a fun one tonight between North Carolina and Kansas out here at the Ale House. By the way, tonight's the night, starting at 5.30, two ninety nine smoked beef ribs from the State Line restaurant. They, it's a tradition. They do it every year here at the Ale House. So if you want to get your rib fix in, this is the place to do it. And the Ale House just opened their doors at 3. So how great is this? They're now open for business. We're here. And before the game... Not only can you feast on the ribs and the three, four, and five dollar pints, but there'll also be four dollar fireball shots, and we're giving away stuff as well. Uh, it's not the UTEP garage sale, but it's kind of like the 600 ESPN El Paso garage sale. Here's what we're going to be giving away today we've got uh, the latest CD from Corn along with the CD from Ice Nine Kills. So we'll give those away today. We've got some t shirts to give out. In fact, uh, a huge assist uh, goes out to uh, one of our buddies, Caesar at UTEP. He uh, brought us a ton of shirts, and we've uh, been, uh, thanks to Caesar, giving some of those away today. So we've got some UTEP shirts we're going to be giving out here. We've got a vintage, how about this, Adrian? Listen to this. A vintage McDonald's Big Mac attack shirt that we're going to be giving away today. Yes, that sounds awesome. I'm in on that one. That's the one I want to win. It is super cool. The Big Mac attack shirt. We've got a uh, KLAQ Dallas Cowboys shirt we're going to be giving away. And the grand prize winner. Somebody is going to walk away with the Metallica Blackened, which is their line of whiskey. They're going to get the snapback hat. They are going to get a uh, Blackened pin and a Yeti Blackened highball cooler this is awesome now it's one of the small uh, like uh, it's probably i would say about a 12 ounce yeti so no 10 ounce yeti it's the 10 ounce yeti so what this is for is let's say you want to drink a little uh, whiskey on the rocks adrian now you've got your black yeti uh little 10 ounce uh, drinking cooler with the lid the blackened label and you can enjoy any type of um, mixed drink or specialty beverage with the Metallica Black and logo. I love those. I think they're called Yeti Ramblers, Steve. So when you said Yeti, my ears perked up, as you probably know. Um, now, I like to drink those. You know, I like to have um, a, a nice beverage with those, like you said, whiskey. But I also like to have those with, like, morning espresso. And if you don't want, like, that coffee mug, you can use that for mm. morning espresso. So uh, that is definitely an awesome ah. prize. Can't wait for it, Steve. So apparently, Adrian, it's called a lowball from Yeti. Nice. Okay. It is a lowball because I guess that's what's – it's the Rambler lowball because it's made for, you know, that, that perfect drink that you want, whether you want to have it hot or cold. So you could always have this for your coffee or for your uh, beverage of choice. I love that. So anyway, we're giving all that out today before uh, 7 o'clock when they tip it off. We'll probably around 645. We'll do that here tonight for Sports Talk Live from the Ale House. Oh, and I found out 
Also, if you are not old enough to drink, you could drink Kool-Aid from this very special Yeti. Thank you, Edgar, from Palo Verde Homes, who's listening with his kids right now. So, Adrian, we have to make this um, suitable for all ages. All ages. So it's, it's also good for Kool-Aid as well if you want to let your kids drink from it. Hey, these are uh, these are honestly my personal favorite because they've got that insulation inside where it keeps your cold drink cool or your hot drinks warm. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of these. Uh, sign me up. I'm a poster child for these lowball uh, Yeti Ramblers. So somebody's going to win that. Somebody's going to win some shirts. And then we also are going to be uh, giving out those CDs from our uh, partner station, KLAQ. And I've got some Lubingo uh, koozies to give out as well today. So, hey, and, and Lubingo is our studio sponsor, so it's perfect. we got the Lubingo studio, the Lubingo koozies, and we're live at the Ale House. How great is that to start the week live on uh, remote for the first time uh, here in the month of April. Excited to do that as well. Baseball season is right around the corner. The Ale House will be opening up Thursday at seven at uh, 11 a.m. for opening day, and uh, they'll have all the action for you. And, of course, tonight you can watch every minute of every uh, big play from Kansas and uh, also uh, North Carolina on one of the many screens here there's tvs everywhere so it is the place to be uh it is it, it is such a perfect sports bar because when you walk in here to the yale house you feel like you're at a sports bar that's why they designed it like this years ago and it's ageless uh, i feel like the yale house is our home because we're here for monday night football we're here for all the big events and tonight is no different so a lot to talk about here on the show today 880 880- uh, 5763 was our old phone number. We got rid of it. Now we have a new number. Here it is. 915-505-6009. You can also dial it from our mobile app, by the way. So if you're listening to us on the mobile app, you can hit dial, and you'll be able. it'll take you right to our request line, which is 505-6009. That gets you right on in and through to Sports Talk today. So 505-6009. Adrian, you spent the weekend in Austin. Uh, how was it? And uh, give me the uh, sights and sounds of uh, what it was like for you to get away for the weekend. Yeah, it was great to, to leave town for the weekend. Got a chance to see a lot of family. Uh, went with the fiance. Got to see her sister. Got to also hang out with my aunt and uh, some of my fr- uh, friends who live out there in East Texas. So it was just great uh, to unwind for a little bit. By the way, Steve, props to you for remembering the phone number because I went to Austin and I completely forgot what our phone number was so i was ready for 8805763 i almost tweeted that out today uh but you you remembered our new phone number and then another thing um austin has changed a lot since the last time i've been there i also saw um you know they're breaking ground on that new uh you know the new special event center where they're gonna be playing basketball the frank Irwin center is going to be yep. no more uh and so yeah I'm, i can't wait to come back to Austin or go back to austin later this year really want to see that utep uh, U, uh ut game texas game to open up the season in college hoops oh that's gonna be phenomenal that that, that broke over the weekend utep in texas probably is that are they gonna start the uh, non-conference play with that game will that be the first basketball game 
at the new facility. So uh, just real quick, just some, uh, I guess, some uh, touching up on this story. We had talked about this when the season ended. Even on this show, we talked about how UTEP would play Texas. um, And they had said, the radio broadcast had said for UTEP uh, that it would be opening up next year's season. I don't know if that's opening up Texas's schedule or UTEP's schedule or how that works with exhibition games kind of in between, but that that was at least what was uh, previously said. Okay, that's interesting. That is interesting because I'm like you. Uh, I, I, you know, with the, I know the contracts are being signed. We just don't know for sure when the date is just yet. So, but it's good news. It's good to see UTEP and Texas playing in college hoops. We already know about the friendship between Chris Beard and uh, Joe Golding. That is law, you know, chronicled. So, it makes sense. And hopefully we'll start to see a lot of games. You know what would be nice? If Beard returns the favor and brings the Horns into El Paso uh, every few years. Oh, of course. I feel like more Power 5 teams, you know, UTEP's coaching staff, their athletic department, they need to do whatever it takes to try to bring more of these Power 5 teams or just recognizable teams to the Haskins Center because I'm sure once those players and, and, you know, teams end up coming to El Paso and seeing the Haskins Center, they'll understand what a rich uh, tradition and history UTEP basketball really has. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Again, 505-6009 if you uh, would like to get into the show and talk to us here as we come an hour early. And for those of you that will tune in at 4 o'clock, well, you're going to miss all the fun and excitement for the first hour of the show. Um, what happened during the course of the last few days? Remember, we had no show on, th- on Friday, and we were on only for half an hour on Thursday. So here's what we missed. We missed Bonky marrying in the transfer portal and Titus Verhoeven going into the portal. So, Adrian, it starts. However, originally I was told Monday, Tuesday for exit interviews this week. Now, apparently, they will be Tuesday, Thursday, which means we might not find out more players in the portal until... Um, you know, next uh, next Friday or Saturday when the smoke clears. Yeah, and, and still we're starting to see, uh, or we continue to see names um, as far as players being uh, targeted by UTEP, those prospects and recruits that they're going after, those that they formally offered. Those have been posted mostly on social media, and nothing yes. has been made official yet as far as any of these guys making a commitment. I know one uh, big marquee player uh, included UTEP in his top six, but really doesn't mean too much just yet, and that is uh Penn State guard who is transferring. He's a he's a graduate transfer in Sam Sessoms. Uh, that's a name to kind of keep in mind. But beyond that, Steve, we still don't know a lot about this UTEP basketball team. I have a feeling that by the end of this week, we'll at least know uh, about the departures who might not be here next year. I'm hoping. I'm hoping like you that that's the case. We should know. Um, you've got a good running list going right now, which you started last week to try to keep tabs. It does seem like, at least at this point, UTEP's in on about a dozen guys. Yes, and a lot of those being guard-oriented players. I mean, they're they're backcourt players with uh, with a lot of experience. I'll tell you this, though, Steve, what I've noticed, a lot of these teams aren't winning programs. Where the guys are being recruited from, the Division I colleges, the UTEP's trying to get players out of or, or into the, uh, you know from the transfer portal, those players didn't play for necessarily winning teams. That's the only early takeaway I have from those 12 or so guys. Is that the thing, though, I mean – 
you know how hard it is it must be to get somebody that is playing from a winning team and then lucking in and and lucking out and being able to get them kind of like what they did with Jamal Bienemy uh, years ago yeah and maybe that's the market right now for UTEP's uh, recruiting maybe they have to go after pl- disgruntled players who maybe didn't necessarily um, you know have any knocks against their own play but they they didn't have success when it came to their actual program so right, uh, yeah right. if, if you're talking about mid-major team players leaving maybe they parlay their season which could have been successful into a power five gig that's why you see a lot of conference usa players or uh, you know t- players in mid-major conferences leave their school and go to a power five school i could see that i definitely could see that um so we do want to talk a little utep with you here on the show i will say this by the way not surprised about titus we had heard that for a while that was kind of the rumblings Bonky, I think Bonky Maring is going to fit the same description of about another three, four, five other players. Guys that have scholarships that ultimately, after one season, Joe Golding and staff realized, look, if you stay with us, you're not going to play. So your best shot to go play is to go elsewhere because I think that this coaching staff knows that they really want to make sure that every scholarship guy they have is a potential contributor and somebody that can fill up the stat sheet. Real quick, Steve, just to wrap things up on Titus Verhoeven, UTEP will definitely miss his services as a rim protector. So, you know, losing him is is a significant loss. I don't really care what you think about him as a player necessarily if you didn't like the fit. Uh, Just having him as a rim protector, kind of playing an untraditional 4-5 hybrid uh, was very valuable to UTEP's defense last year. And then, yeah, I'm with you completely. I feel like we're going to get a lot of these players like Bonky Maring who uh, didn't have a lot of time they they, uh, put on the floor off the bench that really could never call carve out a role for themselves, but had opportunities. That's what you could say about Bonky Maring and maybe some others who could enter the portal, is they've had opportunities to come off the bench and show what they have for the minors, and unfortunately for Bonky Maring, things just never really got going. You could look at one of his best games being against La Tech, where he had five points, five rebounds, and nine minutes off the bench, but other than that, Bonky Maring just appeared in 22 games and uh, only averaged seven minutes off the bench for the minors. I'll say this. I mean, you look at losing Bonky and losing Titus. Again, the biggest thing is you're losing your low post, all right? Whether one plays or one doesn't. Titus started the last three seasons, and we know what Titus was about when he was playing at UTEP. And the fact is, Titus Verhoeven at times, at times, could score, uh, you know, it seemed like at will in the block and be a guy that could give you that, you know, 10 to 12 points uh, and, and eight or nine boards a game. There were other times where you saw Titus attempt one or two shots or he couldn't score and seemed like he was offensively challenged. But he did give you that reliable veteran. He was a rim protector, as you mentioned. He was obviously someone that was considered, um, you know, his value was on the defensive side, not necessarily on the offensive side. What disappoints me the most, Adrian, is that for the last two years, I know Titus wanted to expand his offensive game, and it just never happened here at UTEP. No, it didn't. And the, that role was never really – I don't think it was ever really presented to him. I, I, I think that's kind of fair to say, whether it be with this coaching staff, the previous coaching staff, whether it be something that those staff saw at practice or whatever, that's the role Titus wanted. And it never was really uh, made for him. So maybe Titus uses what he what he put together these past three years at UTEP and one year at Duquesne, goes professionally, or plays one last season in college basketball with an emphasis that he wants to be uh, a main contributor on the offense offensive side absolutely right and that is something that 
you know, he'll have to probably find someplace else, either in another school or potentially in the – he goes pro. He goes pro like JB. I mean, there's so many guys on this team that have been around for a while, they could go pro. You look at those two, uh, there's still talk Sule Boom could go pro. Could see that as a possibility. I mean, that's the one thing, Adrian. You've got guys that now have been playing, uh, you know, college basketball for four or five seasons. Uh, a lot of them are thinking, well, there's not much more we can do at this level. Yes, and there's a lot of things they could do at the next level. And it doesn't have to be in America. It could be in Australia, which is really, uh, you know, the NBL, which is their uh, basketball league over there in Australia, has really blossomed over there. And, and you get paid uh, good money, decent money. And there are a lot of players uh, from UTEP who end up having strong professional basketball careers. Remember, most of these guys, like Titus, aren't traditional juniors. They had an extra season because of that COVID year. They, they were granted that extra year of college eligibility. So a lot of these guys who have been in college for four years, maybe they want to just move on in life and, and go off and play professional somewhere. I could see that too. So, uh, good start to the show. we got a lot to cover, especially the two teams that are playing tonight, Kansas and North Carolina, and how they got here. Uh, would love to get your thoughts on that. Again, uh, a lot of ways to do it. Call into the show at 505-6009. Tweet the program, 600 ESPN El Paso. You can listen to us on the app and uh, join us as well as we come your way live uh, for the next uh, two hours plus from Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino, where tonight is going to be their national championship game viewing party, and it is an awesome experience. It's why we are here. All right, a little bit later we'll get to Charlie 1, but first let's take a timeout come back with more in a moment right here on 600 TSPN El Paso. An hour earlier than normal. Why? Because we're ending the show at 5.30. So this way we give you the two-and-a-half uh, experience of the program coming out here live, Border City L House. Come join us, folks. Chance to win plenty of T-shirts, CDs, koozies, grand prize winner, gets the Metallica Blacken package. It's the black baseball cap. It's the pin. And it is the Rambler low ball with the Blacken logo. Even comes with a little carrying bag. It's an awesome, awesome prize. Somebody's going to win that around 645 before we get ready for tip-off tonight out in uh, New Orleans. A game you'll hear right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Excited. Excited, excited about that. All right. So much more to talk about on the program. If you want to weigh into the show, love to hear from you today. And there's a lot to talk about. We led the program talking UTEP hoops. Hey, spring game Friday night, 10 a.m. on Friday morning. I know where I'll be. I'll be at the Sun Bowl looking to get some early uh, birthday and Christmas gifts on the UTEP garage sale. That's awesome, Adrian. They, they dropped some of those uh, images earlier today. They got beautiful stuff that they're going to be giving away. Yeah, it was my dad's birthday yesterday. Shout out to my pops. But I, I got to also get a, a belated birthday gift for him at this event because I'm putting together at least my like wish list. I, I, they're probably not going to be there by the time I get there unless I can make it right at 10 like you. But uh, if I can make it there early, I've, I've got a little running wish list that I'm kind of thinking in my head about. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. And by the way, they're not giving it away. They're selling it. But, I mean, people are going to pay for it. They got good stuff. Good, good stuff. Things I haven't seen in years. Stuff, I mean, stuff I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. 
Yeah, there's a lot of good like like if you want to go and think like all right, I need I need a new outdoor, I guess kind of like uh winter clothes. I need a lot more winter clothes and stuff like that. You could get some hoodies, some nice zip-ups, some thermals. But if you're ready for summer and you just need like a polo or stuff like that, they also have some uh pretty uh, pretty nice apparel when it comes to this garage sale. Oh, they do. They really really do. So, good for UTEP um getting that garage sale done. And Adrian just said it. Whether it's a throwback white basketball jersey, a Jordan football zip-up, a hat, a white jersey, Nike running, Nike running shorts, they got everything. Did you see any Adidas in the images? Not any I've seen so far, Steve. I, I was looking for it. I was looking for more of the, the you know, of course, the swoosh. But no, I, I've seen more of the Jordan and the Nike than anything else. What about you? Um, all, all Nike stuff. I don't think I've seen, I mean, I looked, I don't think I saw any Adidas. I don't know if they're allowed. Are they allowed to sell Adidas since, um, they're a Nike school? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Maybe they can, maybe they can, but they can't advertise it. That's a good point. Since they're affiliated directly with Nike, I don't know if they could do that. If they can actually go off and sell those old Adidas stuff, or if that will be more of a, you know, something that you have to actually be there to try to capitalize on. Yeah, exactly. I don't know either. I'm curious about that, but I'm not. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But I will say this: I'm looking at some of these warm ups they've got. They have cross country track and field Nike warm ups. That's very cool. The UTEP basketball jersey. See, I can't tell if that's an if that's an authentic uh, basketball jersey or if that was a giveaway. I love the uh, El Paso Strong Nike T-shirt also. Because some of us didn't get one of those, and now you got a chance to buy that. And did you see also, I don't know if you saw this or not, but hidden in everything, there's a CUSA watch that's on that list, and it looks like some kind of jewelry is there from Dunham. Yeah, I saw that. Now, I'm curious on what that is right there, because uh, if that, you know... If there's any relation to the bowl game or something like that, that'd be kind of nice. I don't know if that's even a thing right there when you can talk about commemorating a bowl game on a watch. But if that was know. if that was there, I'd be super down for that. Hey, if I'm UTEP, I sell everything, right? You know what I mean? If there's something that you could get rid of, sell it. I mean, what's the point of uh, you might as well try to make as much money as you can from this garage sale? Yeah, everything right there is just collecting dust, as we as we probably are seeing right there. Why not give this away to fans and just, uh, excuse me, allow fans to actually buy this and purchase yeah. some of these garage sale items right here? I know we keep saying give it away. It's like they're not giving anything away. They're selling it. It might and be kind of like sell. a giveaway <laughs> if, if you kind of look at all the great stuff that they have, Steve. Uh, you might get some of this stuff for way cheaper than you may have gotten well, it before. I'm trying to find out if they've priced it yet. That's I really would like to know if they've priced the garage if they priced the garage sale items yet. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was looking at the release that they sent out to the media members, Steve, and in that release they they uh, highlight items priced from one dollars to forty dollars. So uh, not including sales wow. tax, all sales are final. I wonder if there's going to be those higher ticket items or if that'll be it right there, one to forty dollars. Let me tell you something. If they have made $40 the highest-priced item, 
That's, do you remember when the Chihuahuas had that garage sale and they had people lined up around the street to get all that stuff? I do remember because I tried to do it. I tried to go and there was just no way. There was like there was way too many people at this event, rightfully so, and everybody left with Chihuahua, or some people, the lucky few, left with Chihuahuas goodies. Yeah, they did. Like the grab bag sale, right? Like you could just fill up the bag and spend a certain amount and then that was it. It's exactly. That's exactly right. So it's pretty wild. Pretty, pretty wild. Um, 8805763, that is our telephone number uh, in the old days. Now it's 5056009. That's how I'm going to recover for the rest of eternity, Adrian. I'm going to give out the number. Then I'm going to, I'm just going to, you have to say that was our old number and then keep giving out the, and eventually it's going to sink in. That's just the way it is. For, at, least you, at least you'll clean it up. Like for me, I'm just going to say it, uh, 8805763, without remembering that 505600 and a hanging nine is our actual number. Yeah, it's true. It's the way it is, though. Bottom of the hour as we continue here on the program. We'll get your phone calls in just a minute um, at the Ale House. Don't forget, $2.99 uh, smoked beef ribs from the State Line restaurant. That I remembered. Uh, you, don't for, you don't forget that. I also remember that it's 3 4 and $5 pints out here tonight at the Ale House, and they've got $4 uh, shots of Fireball if uh, that is also something that suits your fancy. And let's say you're not a Beef Ribs fan. Well, then you can enjoy chicken wings. You can enjoy uh, sandwiches, burgers, salads. They've got incredible nachos. They've got uh, brisket as well. Um, just a ton of different things to choose from here at the Ale House. 1506 Lee Trevino, the home of Sports Talk uh, for the big events. Monday Night Football, we're here every Monday night, and obviously we're here uh, every national championship game for this tradition as well. We started at Hudson's, by the way, which is also owned by uh, Anthony and Shane Duncan. So we started at Hudson's for years on this particular show, and then we moved out uh, to the Ale House when they moved the ribs from there. And and that's just kind of how it's worked out all these years, and it's just great to be back and great to be with you here on a busy Monday afternoon edition of Sports Talk. All right, 505-6009. Let's send it back to Adrian. He's standing by with SportsCenter. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. 505-6009, get you through to the show. 505-6009 here on Sports Talk. By the way, uh, I should mention this as well for all of you wondering. The two ninety nine smoked beef ribs, uh, that is dine-in only. So if anybody thinks they can come in and, and order 20 ribs for 60 bucks and take it home, uh, no, that's not the way things work. So it's dine-in only while they last their uh, state-line smoked beef ribs. That is the special here tonight at uh, Border City L House. And, of course, all the giveaways we have for you as well. 505-6009 as uh, sports talk continues. And, man, oh, man, that's a great uh, – let's get back to that um, – you know, those prices, again, for the uh, garage sale, if that is the truth, it says here items will be priced from $1 to $40. Then you know what? That's the highest price you're going to pay for something. You imagine if you can get a, a game-worn jersey for 40 bucks. how great that is? Yeah, I, I'm also wondering, like, when we finally recap this all, like how much UTEP Athletics could capitalize as far as profits go on these game-worn, you know, things or just uh, – uh, 
things that they've had in storage, Steve, that just have been collecting dust. This was a perfect opportunity for UTEP yep. to do some spring cleaning. And if they're doing this at a discounted rate for a dollar to forty dollars, I'm in, man. You could get so many things for uh, a, a, a really good price. Jerseys, uniforms, polos, t-shirts, shorts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, jackets, shoes, socks, hats, fleece blankets, backpacks, bags, championship watches, towels, jewelry, umbrellas, and water bottles. That's that, great. Yeah, that's so cool, man. And the fact that you said championship watches, I mean, that makes me think track and field right away. Like, that, my, my mind goes right there. And if you're able to buy some track and field championship watches, then add it to the collection right there. Any fan that purchases an item will be entered into a raffle for a free UTEP football helmet. Stuff. That's another good one right there. Uh, fans were wondering that last week, whether or not uh, helmets would be available. Well, now you can actually enter to try to win one. The UTEP spring game is at 6 o'clock. The sale will start at 10 and continue until 6 or when the inventory is gone. And that will be Northeast Concourse of the Sun Bowl adjacent to the Larry K. Durham Center main entrance. Over 2,000 UTEP athletics items. How about that? So they've got their, they've got a bunch of different di uh, things that fans can actually purchase, go look at. They're running this event for all day, but it, this isn't one of those things, hey, I'm going to take a lunch break and go at noon. I would no. recommend people to go early because the good stuff is going to run out early on. That's exactly right. That's exactly, exactly right. Very interesting. All right. So um, uh, the, the news you just mentioned a moment ago um, about Tommy Davis that's uh, you know that's that's tough for a lot of fans that remember Tommy uh, playing in the fifties and sixties for the Dodgers. Yeah, that is a uh, that, that's a that's a tough blow for sure because here is somebody that ultimately signed with Brooklyn, but really had the opportunity to um, spend most of his time playing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, yeah. That's, it's tough. And another thing, Steve, he has been working in baseball ever since he pretty much retired. He worked in the team's community relation department. Uh, I'm talking about the Dodgers until moving to Arizona about a year ago. So he was he always loved to keep the sport of baseball in his life. Yeah, absolutely right. Man, his first full season was there last year in Brooklyn, by the way. And he was Brooklyn-based, so he grew up in Brooklyn. Imagine you play for the Dodgers. What, a, what an experience that would be like for your family, especially since they're in your backyard playing all Man. those years. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and it's, it's a little different when it's Brooklyn, too. So that, that's really awesome right there. And here is a guy that was a two-time batting champ. So he's got a career batting average just, uh, just shy of 300, 294. So really a, a terrific career. And for those that remember Tommy Davis, uh, one of those great uh, Dodger legends uh, from mostly the L.A. days. Okay, 37 passed as we continue here on Sports Talk. The Duke-North Carolina game, I know it lived up to a lot of the hype that it had going into it. I don't want to say it was perfect, Adrian, but with all the lead changes and what was on the line with Coach K and, and, and Hubert Davis and the two, the two long rivals, it seemed like that could have sufficed for the national championship game. 
It really could have. That game, uh, which is already being tabbed as the second most uh, viewed college basketball game in cable TV history, uh, was just phenomenal. Just all the way through. I mean, it was first half was great. Second half was awesome. Back and forth. Lead changes galore. Tie, tie games at point. And then it just kind of felt like whoever would have the ball toward the end or whoever had those last possessions would actually run away with it. And, you know, the Tar Heels give a lot of credit to them. They've had this unprecedented streak during the uh, the college basketball tournament to get to this point right now. A lot of people would have written them off, maybe even all the way back uh, when they first played against Marquette to start off this tournament or when they barely uh, slid past Baylor. But, you know, people have been discounting this North Carolina team and uh, they have been just proven teams wrong left and right. They still haven't even gotten to 30 wins and they're at the national championship point. It's pretty crazy to think. Uh, it is It is crazy to think about it. It's what a, First off, uh, an eight seed. Let's put it that way. Now, we all know North Carolina is better than the eight seed, but it's a team that's just playing its best basketball uh, late. That's what it comes down to. They, they, they haven't gelled like they are now in this tournament. No, they haven't. And I, I guess the biggest uh, I guess the biggest worry for me for the Tar Heels going into this one, I mean, we're talking about that game, the Duke-North Carolina game, being as the national championship. Well, in this one, I'm still a little worried about uh, Armando Baycott, who hurt his ankle late in the game against Duke. I was thinking, I was, I kept saying it out loud, like, there's no way he goes out of the game. But he actually checked out for a little bit, came back in the mix. Uh, Hubert, uh, Hubert Davis did say that he will play, uh, and he, he said that he was limited in practice yesterday. So that's one of those things that you're going to have to monitor today. How much does Armando Baycott actually play? He's got a tough task against McCormick in Kansas uh, later tonight. Yeah, David McCormick has been amazing. I mean, we all know David McCormick because we saw him twice when Utah played Kansas. Uh, and you always think about Abachi and what he is and how good he is. But understand this. Uh, I mean, McCormick is kind of the guy that Villanova just had no answer for. None. Uh, nothing, nothing whatsoever uh, with Kansas or with this matchup. You could just kind of go matchup base and say, "All right, well, you can go Caleb Love versus uh, you can go Caleb Love versus Ochai Abaji. Those two guys kind of cancel each other out. You could throw R.J. Davis and Remy Martin. Those guys kind of cancel out with uh, North Carolina and Kansas. But where Kansas really has the advantage is down low, and it's McCormick, David McCormick, down low versus Armando Baycott, who's still yep. nursing that injured ankle." After Baycott, who else is there? Uh, they they've got Manic, but he's undersized, so you can't really yeah. go with him. Uh, you, you're they they're a pretty small team just to begin with, Steve. So yeah, they're a little thin. At least what they were flexing on Saturday, it seemed like they were a little thin when it came to their front court. I love Manic. I mean, you just look at him. He looks like he should be somebody right out of a time machine from the early seventies, right? Yeah, I love I love his like caveman type of look yeah. right there. Uh, when they're asking him to go down low, I mean that's like t- asking Titus Verhoeven to guard David McCormick because the both the both those guys are six foot nine. They're not real true forwards. They kind of play that four uh, swingman position, kind of a wing. Uh, I don't I don't really consider those guys as stretch fours or a, a true five down low. You need Baycott to bang with uh, McCormick, who's six foot ten, two forty. I'm with you on that one. All right. We'll take a timeout, come back with more. Again, as Sports Talk continues, 505-6009, your way to get into the program here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Levin in front of four as we continue here on Sports Talk. Our telephone number is 915-505-600 and the number nine. 
Get you right on in and through to the program. That's right, 915-505-6009. We'll take you up till 530. Live from Border City, Yellow House, 1506 Lee Trevino, where we're hanging out with you. Two ninety nine smoked beef ribs from the State Line Restaurant. Dine-in only. But what a special that is. Come in here, have three ribs for less than 10 bucks. Wash it down with a three, four, five dollar pint, four dollar fireball, and all the great menu items that uh, the Yale House has uh, each and every day. They'll be opening up at 11 a.m. this Thursday on opening day for you baseball fans. And don't forget, you can watch all those out of town games here at the Yale House as uh, we get set for the 2022 MLB season. All right. Um, other news I, I, I want to get to on the show because this does. Uh, kind of make us wonder, will Tiger Woods play at Augusta this week? If I had to guess, Adrian, I would say absolutely he will. I don't think he spent all week to say no, but, you know, Tiger still hasn't decided yet. Yeah, but we we heard this uh, these rumblings happening last week, and now we're in full Tiger Watch mode. And I, I'm super happy about this because I really didn't see this coming. Uh, just kind of uh, mapping out the timeline of Tiger Woods, his recovery since he went through that tragic accident in 2021, that car wreck that uh, and it, that left him seriously injured. Uh, the fact that he could be coming back to this year's Masters is amazing in itself, and the fact that we're on Tiger Watch. I mean, I'm super pumped for this week. I, I've been watching a lot of golf this year so far. It's been all over the place. And now the, fa- now the fact that maybe Tiger could make his return to Augusta, yeah, I'm going to be all eyes on Tiger Woods this weekend. It's funny because people are asking the question, can he win if he plays? Look, anything is possible, but understand that even though he loves this course and he's won so many times, I think the fact that Tiger playing the Masters is a win, regardless of if, whether he makes the cut or not. Yeah, I'm with you on that because if you have Tiger at least back in the mix and back competing, that just shows you that his path to recovery and his path to maybe winning again uh, could be you know, you know, uh, something that we see in the future. And I think a lot of people ask the question, would Tiger Woods even play golf after his serious uh, injury and his accident that, he happened, uh, that happened last year? And now the answer is simply yes. I mean, and yes, he is going to be uh, competing again. Let's see if he can now win again. That would be a, an amazing amazing accomplishment right there it really would it really really would so if you want to talk tiger woods give us a call 505-6009 as we continue here on sports talk 505-6009 so that's all happening uh here with us on a monday live from border city alehouse oh this news just came in moments ago this is very interesting adrian how about the fact that Mac Rhodes has um, signed a 10-year contract with Baylor. He's been there since July of 2016. And since then, he hired Matt Rule, Dave Aranda. They each took the football program to Big 12 title games. Um, And also, you know, for the most part, uh, there is actually a line saying that it will allow the two-time Athletics Director of the Year to complete his career at Baylor. 
Wow, that's huge right there. I mean, Mac Rhodes, one of the best athletic directors you're going to find across the city. I'm sure he was, I mean, excuse me, the country. And I'm sure he was very coveted when it came to, you know, athletic director searches or other schools maybe trying to uh, lure him away from Baylor. And now Baylor has, uh, you know, a little bit of understanding and certainty that they could keep him for the foreseeable future, for the long-term future here uh, to stay with the program. A lot of us that have been around for a while remember Mac from his days at UTEP, starting in the late 90s and going really through to the mid-2000s before he left for Akron and then Houston and then um, a very short stint at Missouri and finally at Baylor. And to see his career arc as one of the top ADs in the country, it's pretty remarkable when you realize how you know he cut his teeth here at UTEP. That is really cool to see. And look at all his uh, programs, his athletic programs at Baylor. They're having success from top to bottom, and uh, their their women's basketball program had a great se- uh, season this year. Same with their men's basketball team. Both bounced out in the tournament. Uh, but, yeah, you, you, you could just look at both of those uh, recent, I guess, recent examples right there and say, you know, Mac Rhodes is really those, those programs right there in basketball and all the other athletic programs, Mac Rhodes has really stepped things up at Baylor. I'm with you on that one. All right. We have finished our first hour. When we come back, the normal start to sports talk live out here at Border City Ale House, 1506 Lee Trevino with 600 ESPN El Paso. Good to have you back uh, here on Sports Talk. Uh, Hour two is underway. Some of you are listening to us thinking the show's starting now, and you're wondering what hour two What's going on here? Well, simple. We're on until 5.30. We're live at Border City Ale House, 1506 Lee Trevino, where the uh, big viewing party is going to be out here tonight for North Carolina and Kansas. And because of that, we started the show an hour early. You know, we're ending an hour and a half early. We're starting an hour, uh, we're starting an hour early. So... 3 to 5.30 was today's show, so we're beginning hour number two. But we know a lot of you are probably tuning in for the first time, thinking the show is just getting underway today. So we'll recap a lot of things we talked about in hour number one. First off, if you come here tonight to Border City Yell House, uh, the main attraction, the two ninety nine smoked beef ribs from the State Line restaurant, while they last, dine-in only is happening out here at uh, the Yale House, so you can come down and feast on those ribs for two ninety nine. Wash it down with a pint of beer, three, four, five dollars each. It's pint night. They got four dollar Fireball as well, and of course, all the TVs and all the sports you can handle for North Carolina and Kansas here tonight. So we're going to be giving away a lot of prizes. We've got some really, really cool T-shirts. We have some UTEP shirts that were given out thanks to our pal. Caesar uh, has has hooked us up in a biz in a big big way, so we're giving some of those out today, which you can enjoy. Shout out to Ice Cubios for him helping us out here on Sports Talk with some great items. We also are going to be giving away the CDs from Ice Nine Kills and the latest from Corn. We've got our studio sponsor Lubingo offering up some really really cool koozies, and if that's not enough. Somebody's going to win the grand prize package, which is a Metallica blackened official pin, 
snapback baseball cap and a Yeti Rambler low ball that has the blackened logo on it, complete with a carrying bag as well. It's a very, very cool prize. For those of you that don't know, Metallica Blackened is their line of whiskey, okay? And we have the Blackened Metallica pack to give out here on Sports Talk, and we are excited about doing that. Our telephone number to get into the program today, 505-6009. That's right, 915-505-600. And the number nine gets you in and through to the show today. Uh, If you're just joining us, here are some of the topics we've touched on already. Uh, Began talking about the matchup tonight and what it's going to take for North Carolina to keep this magic going. And Hubert Davis win his first national title as a head coach in his first season as a head coach. Or will Bill Self win it again? So that's one topic. We've talked about the UTEP basketball transfer portal, the latest with that, which we'll get to in a moment. The UTEP garage sale, which will be happening on Friday morning and featuring over 2,000 items. Uh, And that's going to be out at the Sun Bowl Stadium North Lot. And uh, there's an incredible amount of stuff there. It's going to be so, so cool. So we talked about that. Touched on a little baseball. Baseball season starts on Thursday. A lot of things going on with teams, you know, players making teams, rookies making that normally would probably start in AAA. They're making it right out of spring training. Uh, the Padres have a couple in Mackenzie Gore and also C.J. Abrams that are going to make the team out of spring training. That's a big storyline, which we can get to in a moment. But, Adrian, as we kick it off here in our second hour and recap the first hour, let's begin with uh, a story we touched on last hour, and that is since we were last on the show uh, Thursday for the 30-minute edition of the program, the UTEP men's basketball team has lost two to the portal, Bonky Maring and Titus Verhoeven. How surprised are you that both of these are now in the portal? Well, I'm not too surprised, Steve. Just uh, monitoring uh, the transfer portal, I'm, I'm surprised it's taken this long. I'm also surprised on the timeline for all these announcements so far from UTEP. Uh, last season, it seemed like as soon as the year ended, you started to see names enter the transfer portal. This year, it's been a little different. The coaching staff went on a recruiting, uh, tra- you know, on the recruiting trail uh, the last two weeks. Now that it's dead period, maybe they're now having those uh, interviews between players and coaches, and so these uh, players can end up making decisions on their future. I see that, and uh, we're hearing right now that exit interviews should be uh, starting up late, you know, in the next couple days, right? And hopefully by the end of the week, uh, Joe Golding uh, would have had all the exit interviews conducted. Yeah, that's at least what I expect. I'm hearing Tuesday, Thursday, an interesting format, but uh, nonetheless, maybe the minors will have a chance to meet with some of their players. I'm talking about the coaches, and then we'll start to see you know announcements from different players this week. But I, I do expect these things to wrap up this week. I also think that you just look across the country. There are transfers galore. There are, there are over 1,100 names in the transfer portal right now. You know, for some of these... Uh, current players on the on the roster right now, they're going to need to know their next move uh, here soon enough before they you know move forward or think about anything else. I'm really really interested to see um, you know how many guys end up in the portal when it's all said and done. A lot of minor fans expected this to have happened already, but let's be honest, Adrian, we thought all the exit interviews would have been over a while ago. 
Right, and that's just simply not the case. And I guess we got a little taste of the first uh, couple interviews between uh, Titus and, and Bonky Maring, who both announced that they're leaving the program over the weekend. But yeah, n- now this week, all our attention turns over to their two other uh, starters and Keontae Kennedy and Sule Boom, what decisions those guys will have, plus the additional rotational pieces. You're talking about Christian Agnew, Jarrell Satterfield, Jamari Sibley, and then everybody else who fills out the bench and who fills out the depth of this team. You're, you're, you have kind of like three different phases and three different tiers of UTEP recruits that you're gonna, and transfers that you're going to have to monitor in these next couple weeks. And we don't really know for sure how it's going to all shake out when it's all said and done, right? We, we think we have an idea, Adrian, but we don't know for 100% because if enough players leave, some guys that we thought for sure were gone might end up sticking around because they might think that they're going to be the man next year. Yeah, and I also was thinking, well, if you look at UTEP's recruits or who UTEP is after, maybe you can start to piece together who UTEP might be keeping next year. But you can't really do that because if you're looking at the UTEP recruits, they're all over the place. They're going for guards. They're going for point guards. They're going for wings. They're going for forwards. They're going for centers. They're going all over the place and trying to get some new recruits here. And it's hard because you just don't know – how many of those players are getting serious looks and you know how many of them could be getting offers? We, we don't know. We don't know what this, what this roster is going to be going. And I'll tell you something else we don't know. It's been awfully quiet out of the Newton camp. We don't know since they both went into the portal, meaning Tristan and Juwan, where they're leaning right now. Yeah, that those are the names, or those are the two names that a, a lot of fans have really uh, looked at. The you know Tristan Newton, who was an All-Conference player for East Carolina last year. He's heard from the likes of Gonzaga, heard from the likes of Washington State, Georgia Tech, Georgia Xavier. You know the the list goes on for Tristan Newton and all the teams who are and programs who are trying to get him uh, to be with them. But uh, UTEP possibly could offer something like a package deal between both the brothers, which is so intriguing as an outsider. I'm not sure if, if they find that intriguing as far as the brothers go, but I will tell you this. The other name to kind of keep in mind, Sam Sessoms, a Penn State guard who's transferring, he included UTEP in his final sixth list, and he'll be making his decision on where he'll play on May 1st. So that's a big name to look at, Sam Sessoms, a six foot one guard from Penn State. And May 1st will be his decision? That's correct, yes. And he, he's uh, struck a big, uh, I guess, connection with UTEP coach Byron Spriggs. Uh, 247 Sports reported that UTEP uh, is among the list and said that they are, you know, this is coming straight from Sam Sessoms. He said, quote, they're in Conference USA, which is guard heavy, and the last two player of the years were scoring guards. And that's from Sam Sessoms, and he told that to 247 Sports earlier this weekend. Can UTEP wait till the beginning of May to get that done? Because you also wonder how will their roster look by then? And we don't even have a timetable as to how quickly they want to try to fill spots that they're losing. Yeah, that's my biggest question. How quickly do you want to know your roster for next year? I, I felt like the previous coaching staff wanted to know right away. Like they wanted, they wanted to know who they were bringing in. They wanted commitments, or they wanted prospects and recruits to commit on the spot, and they wanted them to commit fast. This year's coaching staff—it's real interesting because uh, they've, they've, uh, you know, they've offered or talked to some of these players across the country, but we haven't seen uh, the amount of players commit or or decide on where they're going. Um, you know in these past couple weeks, which is so interesting in how this recruiting process is going for UTEP. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the way this whole thing is going to work out. I really am. Because remember last year when um, 
Joe Golding arrived. He had to put his staff together. They needed to get somebody in, really towards the start of the season in terms of filling that low post uh, role. They they were they struck out on some guys. I mean, they ended up getting um, Alfred Hollins, but that was after about three or four of the top targets they went after chose someplace else. I don't think Joe Golding wants to do that again and go into the summer having to fill key roles. I think he wants to get it done as quickly as he can. Yeah, I think you have to. In today's college basketball world, if you want to be a competitor, if you want to contend for championships in your league, you're going to need to know your roster as soon as possible. And you're going to have to try to get some guys, some players with experience, some players who've uh, scored at a high level at, at the Division One level. So I don't know if it's junior college recruits. I don't know if it's high school recruits. I think you're going to have to bank on those D1 transfers from the transfer portal to get immediate help if that's what Joe Golding is looking at. I'm with you on that one. Okay, our telephone number again is 505-6009. That's 505-6009. Here's a storyline we haven't touched on in the first hour. How about the fact that the Chihuahuas begin their 2022 season tomorrow at 6.05 p.m.? Right here on this radio station, Jesse Schultens will be getting the start uh, for the Chihuahuas against Round Rock. That's also a pretty big surprise, Adrian, because here we go. We're talking about so much stuff between UTEP, the national championship, and everything else going on with Masters and Tiger Woods. We don't even realize it. We've got Chihuahuas baseball here tomorrow on this radio station. Yeah, it's so hard to believe that we're already here. It's the month of April. Tim Haggerty, he's going to be in early season form, which is always his midseason form. Uh, and I can't wait for first pitch tomorrow against Round Rock. And then, Steve, next week, we got a week from tomorrow, opening day at Southwest University Park. They're hosting the OKC Dodgers, which should be a lot of fun. And uh, first pitch set for 630 next Tuesday. Yeah, that's going to be a really good time to talk about another season season of Chihuahuas baseball here on this uh, radio station. Can you imagine what that crowd's going to be like when you start to think about Oklahoma City and and, and the home opener and how many people are going to be at the ballpark to watch that? It's going to be crazy. Yeah, talk about a marquee team to bring into town for opening week uh, in the OKC Dodgers. I know fans always love to go to those games and yeah you're not you might not see as many chihuahuas jerseys you might see a lot of dodgers jerseys but as long as they're at southwest university park i'm good with that i'm I'm happy for that and of course taco twos and brews next tuesday as well well you know the a team's going to be coming by that's a given so good we'll have them soon we also are going to have jim center coming by the studio wednesday at five to talk about the garage sale Busy week, busy week, Steve, and uh, happy that uh, Director of Athletics Jim Center will be stopping by, talking a little garage sale with us and everything going around UTEP sports. There's a lot going on this week. I mean, UTEP football spring game is on Friday, highly anticipated game right there. Basketball is in full off-season mode right now, but yeah, between the Locomotive FC, the Chihuahuas, there's a lot of local sports going on right now. There's a ton. There's a ton of stuff. Uh, and, and it's very cool. I mean, that's what it's all about for us is having as much to talk about as possible, sprinkle the Masters on top of all that, and we just have a crazy week of sports. And I know golf fans are going to be super stoked about that as well. So with everything happening here into our number two of the show today, let's send it back to Charlie One. He's got a traffic update. Then more from Border City L House. We'll take you up till 530 and then we'll be sticking around to give away prizes before the tip-off at 7. So you get plenty of time to come down here and enjoy those two ninety nine dollars smoked beef ribs from the State Line Restaurant. Dine in only. Enjoy a pint of beer and uh, be ready for what should be a fun, fun game 
on uh, TBS tonight and, of course, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso between North Carolina and Kansas. Charlie, how are we doing here traffic-wise? Sports talk. 20 past the hour right now. 505-6009 is the telephone number to get into the show. We'd love to hear from you. You can also tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso. we got a poll up right now. Who do you have tonight? You have North Carolina or do you have Kansas? We only have 14 votes in with two hours left. Um, so far, Kansas has the edge, 57-43. But it's still very early on in the voting process. Vote uh, before we wrap it up. We'll keep updating that poll as well. Four-point spread tonight. I think North Carolina stays within the four, and I think they could win outright, Adrian. I really do. You know, Steve, this is a real, real good one because I think the narrative early on in the weekend was, oh, well, that that was already uh, North Carolina's uh, national championship. Now what do they have to actually win win, or, or, you know, all that kind of stuff? And I don't buy that one bit. I I feel like North Carolina wants to continue the momentum that they had in that victory against Duke. Uh, I'm pretty bullish on the Tar Heels for this one. Granted, I I feel like Kansas is one of the best offensive teams you're going to find, but they played a Villanova of a team who is without Justin Moore, one of their best yep. players, and uh, that that might have uh, attributed to the fact that the Jayhawks pretty much blew out Villanova in that game. Don't you feel, though, that we could be like destiny for North Carolina? I mean, they beat Krzyzewski in his farewell tour when everybody in the world was going for Duke. I mean, yeah, you could even look earlier in this tournament, like uh, the the matchup against Baylor. Everybody had Baylor penciled into the Elite Eight, to the Final Four, whatever you want to say. And uh, North Carolina came out there and they stumped them. They they, they, they they that game went to overtime. It looked like it could have been a, a colossal collapse and failure by uh, the Tar Heels when that game went to overtime and they blew that lead that they had. But they were able to hold on in overtime and they advanced just like they've been advancing this entire tournament. The the B- the win over Duke, I felt like everybody had the Blue Devils go into the national championship to face the, the Jayhawks. You're right. You're absolutely right. And by the way, um, if you're Coach K, how sick to your stomach are you that with under a minute left, down one, you've, you've got one of your guys at the line and he misses two free throws in a row? That's a that's an inexcusable thing that ended up happening in that one. Um, but I, I feel like that just shows it speaks to the uh, to the rivalry that the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils really have with each other. I mean, you're going into uh, up on that line and you have a chance, an opportunity to win the game, tie the game, and win the game, and you miss two. I think that's the the rivalry talking right there between UNC and Duke. Yep, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, but that's the, the you play so well. That game was such a terrific basketball game. He said second highest college basketball game with cable TV ratings all time. Who was number one? That's a good question. The person who tweeted this out with a blue checkmark did not follow up with that. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know. I'll try to look that one up right there. I would love to know about that. I really would. All right, again, 505-6009 if you want to give us your take on the game. Chihuahuas start tomorrow. We'll have it for you, 605, first pitch against Round Rock. 605 the rest of the week, by the way, for us because of Chihuahuas baseball, and they're here, and then their home opener is next Tuesday. So baseball's here, folks, in El Paso. It really is. In fact, the Chihuahuas get a two-day head start on Major League Baseball. MLB kicks off on Thursday, and here at the Ale House where we are today, They will open their doors at 11 a.m. on Thursday for opening day. So you can come hang out and uh, have a nice cold one at 11 o'clock, get some lunch, 
and watch some baseball, which is also cool because you can watch golf while you're at it since you'll have uh, everything going on from Augusta. If I had to guess, I said this morning, 60-40 Tiger plays. If you had to put a percentage on it, what would you say? I'd say higher. I'd go 80-20 he plays. I really think he's playing, Steve. He's not out there uh, just for show or just to warm up and just to see uh, this game-time decision like he called it yesterday. He's there to play. He's there to compete. He's there for the Masters. He he values this tournament above anything else in the sport of golf, and I I really think he's going to be playing on Sunday or this whole weekend, I should say. I could see that. Eric, the number 48, just tweeted us at 600 ESPN El Paso, said his guess for the highest-rated NCAA game of all time, Georgetown-Villanova, on cable, that is. So he had Georgetown-Villanova. Interesting. Again, I don't know. I found it, Steve. Largest viewing audience on cable television since this game right here, North Carolina-Duke. It was, uh, interestingly enough, the final four between North Carolina and Oregon, which drew $18.8 million on C- uh, you know, in uh, 2017. So that's, that's one that you could look at right there. Okay. Isn't that crazy that North Carolina-Oregon drew higher ratings than North Carolina-Duke? Yeah, it is interesting that, that that was the case. You know what, Steve? I'm, I'm going to go out and, and blame something that we talked about over the weekend. This one was televised on TBS. Can we blame TBS and cable television here? Well, and it also makes you wonder, is this, um, you know, nowadays you can watch on the app, you can watch on, on so many other platforms. Is it even fair to measure cable viewing uh, now compared to what it was years ago before it became so easy to watch uh, on on so many other devices. Yeah, I don't think it's fair because I feel like everybody consumes sports so much di- you know, differently now than even just two or three years ago. Everybody's streaming things. Everybody's on their phone watching games or you know, you're on your iPad watching games. Everybody consumes uh, sports watching and, and viewing a lot different now uh, compared to back then. I think so too. I think so, too. 26 past the hour. Again, uh, if you would like to get into the show, 505-6009. We talked earlier in the program about the Utah basketball situation, the current state of affairs regarding recruiting, regarding the portal, regarding exit interviews, which are supposed to take place this Tuesday and Thursday. But who knows? We were told exit interviews were going to happen last week. Then we were told exit interviews are going to happen Monday and Tuesday this week. Now we're here on Tuesday, Thursday. Seems like the exit interviews continue to get put up, you know, delayed uh, every week. But again, that also explains why there's only two in the portal right now and not more. Yes, and, and this could be you know a product of the ever changing recruiting landscape in college basketball. I mean, there could have been uh, they could the coaching staff could have had those exit interviews earlier, but maybe they took on some other opportunities that were just ahead of them. Like I'm talking travel opportunities or whatever could have been there in place. Maybe they have a different philosophy too, Steve. Maybe they want these players to really sit and think about their decision before acting impulsively, maybe and, and you know making the decision as soon as the season ended. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, you know, it's a good possibility. It's a good way to look at it. Uh, but if you want to weigh in, hey, we've got time right now. Twenty-eight past the hour. Would love to hear from you on the phone lines at five zero five six zero zero nine. Get you right on in and through to the show. You can also tweet us at six hundred ESPN El Paso or message us on our uh, mobile app where you can chat live while listening to the program. Uh, That is courtesy of our friends at United Bank. Three ways to get right on in and through to the show. Did you see uh, this on Twitter? 
it was a couple of days ago, actually, Adrian. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, other than the fact that it was somebody that I guess has a podcast that um, you know gave his top fifty all-time basketball coaches. Uh, that was his list, his top fifty list, and uh, I, I don't think there's really any. Um, you know, he doesn't. All I know is he's a guy that that has a podcast. So I mean, it'd be like it'd be like anybody putting together their top fifty list. But it was interesting because Don Haskins was on the list, as you would expect, um, not as high as I was hoping for, a little lower than I thought uh, in the top fifty. But you know, that's just part of the fun when you now start to look at Shashevsky's career and where does he rank on the all-time list and furthermore when you're putting a top 50 together you know where you see uh you know Don Haskins this was from a handle called Big Game Boomer which says 24/7 college sports talk podcast subscribe below so it's just Big Game Boomer and Big Game Boomer put their top 50 list together by the way in case you're wondering John Wooden ranks one, Dean Smith two, Shashevsky three, Bobby Knight four, Jim Calhoun five. Don Haskins, 34th on the list. 34th, Adrian. And I was like, you know what? I still think you can make an argument that Don Haskins is in the top 20 of the all-time list, which, again, most people outside of El Paso don't always give him that credit unless your name is uh, Dan Wetzel because of what Haskins did recruiting here in, at UTEP all these years. Wow, that's it's real interesting. I really want to, first off, I want to check out this poll, I'm, I'm, or excuse me, this uh, this list or, or whatever you're referencing. I'm looking it up on Big Game Boomer. My question before I even look at this list, Steve, how many current active coaches are on this list? That really tells you what this yeah. what this person might have as far as you know a prerogative or, or just kind of a narrative toward this idea and trying to develop this list. If he has a lot of active coaches in the top 20 or top 30, that kind of shows you where he lands on, on all this stuff. Well, I'll tell you, I'm doing well. Uh, here's what's crazy to me, okay? So, look, this is – and, again, this also kind of puts it into perspective, all right? So, he's got um, Tommy Izzo, 8th all-time. He has Jay Wright, 11th all-time. Billy Donovan, 12th. What? Are you kidding? Billy Donovan. Doesn't that kind of shoot the whole poll right out of uh, – you know, right out of any credibility when you've got Billy Donovan as the 12th greatest coach in the history of college basketball? I get it. He had success with Florida, a lot of success with Florida. I don't want to take anything away, but you're calling him a top 15 uh, coach of all time in college basketball history. You know, he, he he really couldn't even do it in the NBA. Of course, like we know, he, he tried it with OKC. He's doing it right now with the Bulls. But no, I, I would not include him on the list of a top 15 coach of all time. I wouldn't either. I mean, he won 467 games at Florida – um, during his career, 502. So he's in the 500 club, which, uh, you know, you could say is, is, is a terrific accolade, but am I ready to put Billy Donovan as the 12th greatest coach in the history of college basketball? I'm not. And it could also be why this poll, uh, this, this particular individual put this together, should have his head examined. All right, we'll give you some of the other names on the list in a moment, but first, let's go to Adrian. He's standing by. It has a bottom-of-the-hour Sports Center update for us. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Uh, going over the list, I'll give you the top 20, okay? So after Wooden, Smith, Krzyzewski, Knight, and Calhoun, 
Big Game Boomer, who has 33,000 followers on Twitter, apparently they do a they do a basketball podcast, has Roy Williams 6, Fog Allen 7, Tommy Izzo 8, Jim Beheim 9, Eddie Sutton 10. Then he goes Jay Wright 11, Billy Donovan 12, Lute Olson, Denny Crum, Bill Self, Hank Iba, John Thompson, Guy Lewis, Rick Pitino, and Gary Williams 20. Here's 21 through 25. Mark Few, John Cheney, Bob Huggins, Lou Henson, Jerry Tarkanian. There you go. Lou Henson, 24. Don Haskins, 34. Which, again, Adrian, you wonder. If Lou Henson doesn't leave New Mexico State and go to Illinois, would you look at Lou Henson over Don Haskins on this list? That, to me, is the first controversial part of all of this is the fact that they've got Don Haskins 10 spots under Lou Henson. Yeah, that's just simply not the case, at least in my perspective. And and probably if you backed it up with some stats, you could you could have a better case. Now, my question is: Lou Henson in for Illinois or what he did with New Mexico State? I mean, Illinois. Uh, okay, that's interesting in itself. Uh, yeah. And then you you mentioned a lot of these uh, you know current coaches again, Steve. I I go back. To, I like Jay Wright. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Am I ready to call him the eleventh best college basketball coach of all time? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's warranted that just yet. I think there's still a lot uh, of his of his coaching career that he still wants to accomplish and I, I think that we get lost in a lot of these you know recency bias like putting Mark Few in I think you said yeah. what in 22 21 I, I don't understand 21. that one either like I, 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 really I don't know like, either I like Mark Few a lot what he's done with Gonzaga has been uh, you know pretty awesome but he still doesn't have a title under his belt exactly exactly again this is just an opinion that's all it is and in my mind, a flawed one. Not just for Haskins, but others that are ranked. I mean, here's here's after Tarkanian. Here's here's 26 through 40, okay? John Calipari, Lefty Drizel, Phil Wolpert, who coached at San Francisco back in the 50s and 60s, Billy Tubbs, Ed Jucker, who coached at Cincinnati years ago, Bo Ryan, Ray Meyer, Edgar Diddle, who was a legend of Western Kentucky, then the Bear, Mike Montgomery from Stanford, Judd Heathcote, Nolan Richardson, Lon Kruger, Larry Brown, and Gene Cady rounds out uh, 25, 26 to 40. It seems like they he kind of looked up, you know, all-time winning lists or who's won the most games as a college basketball coach and just tabbed them automatically. And if you're going to yep. go by that, that, sure, that's fine. But And that's probably why he has a podcast like this and why he gives off these opinions like these things. But it kind of shows you where he, he probably, uh, you know, is leaning on these things. I'm, I finally found the poll on my side, and I'm, like, mesmerized that they've got Scott Drew from Baylor, 47, already. He's already a top 50 coach of all time uh, after winning one national championship with the Baylor Bears. I know, but that's just ultimately what you're talking about here. So, um, you know, some of these names, uh, I'm, I'm okay with some placement, not at all. Not at all. And I know some people are excited because they see the Bear thinking that this is like a national poll. It's not. It's one person's opinion. It's all it is. And all around here, you know our opinion, where the Bear belongs. I still think Don Haskins top 20 coach all time in the history of college basketball because unlike the big schools don naskins didn't have that and he had a great run in the 60s and he had a great decade in the 80s okay and he did it all here not while um you know you're getting the best of the best but we all know what he was able to get and what he did with it so 
Steve, one more, pass. real quick, Steve. I just want to say I'd also nod the older coaches because I, I really, I drew, I truly believe this. Watching a ton of basketball, I believe that the college basketball product has diminished, and I think a lot of fans would agree with me. I think that uh, you know, you look at the nine, the eighties, the nineties, even the early two thousands. College basketball, the product that was on the floor was so much better than what it is now. So I, I just I naturally give a nod to guys like Mo Iba and you know Bill, uh, all the older coaches who have just done and, and paved the way and trailblazed so much for this sport that I, I probably put those guys above anybody yeah. else that we're talking to as far as some of the new guys like Bill Self from Kansas. I know. I, I'm hearing you. And, and I'm telling you, he wins the second national top. People are going to put him up uh, even higher than he is right now. So, And that's kind of the interesting thing also with a list like this. Um, and I do find it interesting that uh, they've got Bobby Knight below Shashevsky, Dean Smith, and John Wooden. Now, the other question is this. Shashevsky retires. Where do you put Coach K amongst the greatest of all time? I'd maybe have him hovering around that top five, Steve. I think it's recency bias to put him in the top three. Uh, Coach K has done so much for the sport, no doubt about it, not taking anything away from him. I still put Wooden, Dean Smith, uh, and Bobby Knight probably in my top you know, three as far as my Mount Rushmore. The fourth, if you want to put Coach K there, then sure. I, I think that he's been kind of the face of college basketball for a while. So if you want to include him in that top four in that Mount Rushmore, yeah. that's okay with me. To me, what's fascinating is number five. I think you could put Wooden, Smith, Krzyzewski, and Knight in any order, and you wouldn't get much of an argument from people. Um, the question would just be who's five because that's that's the tough one because those four are all considered uh, you know, legendary coaches. Do you put Roy Williams five? This guy put Calhoun five. Then you've got the legends like Fog Allen. Um, you know, Put him in there and, and others. Um, and some will say that, you know, putting Eddie Sutton 10 and putting Don Haskins 34 is an insult because they both came from the Hank Iba school. The only difference is Eddie Sutton coached uh, Oklahoma State and Don Haskins coached at UTEP. So my attitude is, why do you penalize Haskins for UTEP? If anything, he should go higher given the success the program had when you weren't when you were just a mid-major all those years. That's That's... My answer to this, man went over 700 games coaching in El Paso, Texas, and is single-handedly responsible for putting the university on the map when it came to college basketball. Did Eddie Sutton win a national championship? Uh, good question. That's probably where my conversation would end. You know, I seem to feel like Eddie Sutton, um, God, did he ever win a national title? No. He went to three Final Fours. In 78, 95, and 04, never won a national title. He won 800 games, but he never won a national title. Wow. And, and you know, somebody who's been to the Final Four a couple times, sure, I, I give him that, and I think that's a, an amazing accomplishment right there. But look at what Mo Iba did in the 40s and just getting his team consistently to the Hank Final Iba. Four. Hank yes, Iba. Right, right. Hank, Hank uh, Iba. That's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 41 past the hour. Sports Talk continues. 915-505-6009. We're live, hanging with you. We're here. Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino. Tonight's the night, folks. National Championship game. 299 smoked beef ribs from the State Line restaurant. Dine in while they last. Plus, you can enjoy a 3 $4, $5 pint and so much more uh, great food 
as we take you up till the start of the pregame show about 45 minutes from now. Would love to hear from you. A lot more to cover. All happening here. 600 ESPN El Paso. And sports talk. X minus one. Taking us back. 10 in front of five right now. 40 minutes to go on the show. 505-6009 is our telephone number. 505-6009. Get you right on in and through to the program. So the top four in any order is, is pretty ridiculous, all right? John Wooden, Dean Smith, Coach K, Bobby Knight. It seems like after those four, is there even a, a five that makes sense? And by the way, putting Don Haskins 34 on this list is an insult. All right? And it's not just because, I, you know, I, I've watched so many games and got to know the man so well living here for the last, I don't know, 44 years of my life. It's because I know for a fact that Don Haskins should be um, about 20 spots higher than some of these names that are on the list, Adrian. That's the biggest problem I have. Yeah, there. You know that number five spot is very contentious. I, I also, and I agree, it is a big insult that uh, Don Haskins is not at least in the top twenty. I think that is probably where you're. You you should be uh, finding him there. Uh, you could argue that Adolf Rupp should be atop this list or higher up on this list. You can argue Jim Beheim should be higher up on this list and Lute Olson as well. Steve, there's some really good names that you should have higher on this list for sure. Now wait a minute. I don't even see Adolph Rupp on this list, which ultimately um, takes you know the list completely out of any real type of uh, credibility. Yeah, he left Adolph Rupp off the list, which makes no sense. Oh, man, then that just shows you right there. Adolph Steve. Rupp's not even on the list. That shows you right there that we should just throw this list out the window. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, come on. If you're going to do it, you got to at least have a clue. You got to have a clue. All right, let's go to Jose. He's joining us, eight in front of five. Sports talk with you at five zero five six zero zero nine. What's going on, Jose? How are you, man? What's up, bro? You guys mentioned eight on rough, so that was that's a good one. But I was also uh, wondering, like you know, top five, and I know kind of recent, you know, recency bias, and all that, you know, I'm talking about. Well, Roy Williams yep. is a hell of a coach, man. He is, but, well, and he Williams was six. For, I mean, he, was, he is. He's right behind Calhoun. He had Calhoun five and Williams so, six. I mean, I know Calhoun. He, he brought you kind of out of nowhere, man. But Williams, man, he had two programs. You know what I mean? He got Kansas and he went back to where he was supposed to do. And then you also got to think about Rick Pitino, even though he kind of messed up at Louisville. Yep. But that man, that man was a coach and a half. That guy... From Providence to, to Kentucky, bringing him back, you know, he, God, that guy was a coach in the house. Man. So, no, it's true. It's true. It's so tough. It's so tough, Jose, when you're comparing coaches at major schools versus mid-majors. It's it's really difficult, you know, because if you think about it, at the majors, you had the budget, you had the athletes, you had everything you need. Mid-majors being able to succeed and hang banners all those years, given the lack of budget, the lack of you know, being able to get the high profile, you don't get the McDonald's All-Americans. It's it's one of the reasons why, to me, yeah, Haskins has to be higher than that. Yeah, well, where did John Thompson end up on the list? 
John Thompson, two. 17. Oh, man, uh, that, guy, that guy deserves a lot more credit than that, too, man. Because Georgetown yep. was nothing when he showed up. Right. He, he, Absolutely he made right. them a perennial power, man. So, oh, like I said, man, you need a clue to write these lists, man. Because whoever, if you don't include Adolph Rupp in the list, man, that, that's just ridiculous, man. So, but. Yep, you're right. All right, good job, Jose. Appreciate the call. When we come back, our final 30 with you. Hanging live, Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino, taking you up to the pregame show prior to North Carolina and Kansas tipping off at 7 o'clock right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of our final 30 minutes together with you on this Monday edition of Sports Talk coming your way live. Border City Yale House. Come on down, folks. Get yourself here now. The game doesn't start for two hours, but you want a seat, whether it's here in the uh, main uh, bar or in the green room to watch North Carolina and Kansas. And they're doing it right like they always do. Two ninety nine smoked beef ribs from the State Line Restaurant out here at the Yale House. 1506 North Lee Trevino. We've got three, four, five dollar pints, four dollars shots of fireball. By the way, the ribs are dining only, for those of you wondering. You can't just order uh, 20 ribs and bring them back to the house. you got to eat them here, okay, just in case anybody was thinking about doing that. They are here while they last. And I, I usually indulge in these ribs every year, and I will tonight. Yeah, It's worth it, folks. It is worth it for sure. Um, plus, we're giving away a bunch of stuff here at about 645 before the game tips off. we got T-shirts. we got some UTEP shirts. We've got a KLAQ Cowboys shirt. We also have some CDs from uh, Ice Nine Kills and Corn, our studio sponsor, Lubingo. We're giving away some koozies from Lubingo. That's very cool. And the grand prize, somebody is going to win a Metallica Blackened set. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with Blackened, it's the official whiskey of Metallica. It's their whiskey. You know what they do to their whiskey when they're, when they're actually aging it? Have you heard about this? No, I have not heard about this. While the whiskey is aging in barrels, they play Metallica songs to the bo- to the to the bo- to the barrels. So um, they always say that when the barrels hear certain sounds and types of music, uh, the tastes could be a little different. So they actually age their barrels to songs from the band. Gosh, that is so crazy, Steve. I did not know this at all. Uh, I'm just picturing a ton of barrels like in the middle of the night listening to Enter Sandman by Metallica. They do it. It's crazy stuff. So uh, we're going to give away a ball cap, a pin, and also a uh, blackened Yeti Rambler lowball, which is perfect for those of you that enjoy a cocktail. So, uh, Or Kool-Aid, for that matter, as Edgar pointed out earlier in the show, uh, because he had his kids in the car. So, hey, we're doing all that uh, coming up here at about 645. You can sign up, register to win. It's free to play, and then enjoy the game in uh, at 7 o'clock when it tips off here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Um, excited about that. All right. Our telephone number, 505-6009, gets you right on in and through to the show over the final 
25 minutes. Now, Adrian, I feel like you're going with Kansas tonight, aren't you? No, I'm going North Carolina. Um, I've got, ah. yeah, I've got family out there uh, in Chapel Hill. Uh, my, my, you know, my uncle works for North Carolina. My cousin okay. goes to the medical school at North Carolina, and my uh, my cousin's boyfriend he goes to the law school for North, for UNC. So uh, I feel bad for them, Steve, because it's a 7:20 tip off, and that would mean tip off is 9:20 East time, East Coast time. So Imagine staying up, you know, 11, 12, you know, past midnight and trying to watch this game here. Yeah, that would be tough. Uh, that would be very, very – well, then again, hey, it's only once a year, right? You got to do it. You got to hang in there and do it. That's what I'm saying. Hey, this is the biggest uh, game of the year and, and maybe of, of the last couple years bef- uh, since the last time North Carolina's won one. So this is a great opportunity for all the fans to be out there in Chapel Hill and get excited about this one, no matter the time. By the way, North Carolina and Kansas have so many studs on this team. There's going to be a lot of guys playing in the NBA from both of these rosters when it's all said and done. But I keep talking about this, Adrian, because to me, every time Caleb Love has a big shot, he makes it. I feel like all this guy does is deliver in the biggest moments. And you can talk about Brady Manick and, and, and Baycott all you want, but I think Brady, uh, I think Caleb Love is the guy that if this game is going to be close and the ball's in his hands, good things are going to happen. Yeah, that's why I can't wait for that matchup of Ochai Abaji versus Caleb Love. And, uh, man, Caleb Love, you're right. He hits all the right shots in the biggest moments of them all. When I'm looking at, uh, you know, guys who could enter the NBA draft of both these rosters, I'm definitely looking at uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking at Love. And, yeah, of course you're going to have Ochai Abaji in that mix as far as uh, some NBA draft picks go. But, no, I, I still look at what they can get from, uh, from the likes of Caleb Love. That's probably their best chance of getting getting somebody drafted out of this team. I think so, too. I do. Um, would love to get your thoughts on the matchup tonight, folks. Who do you think is going to win? And uh, what do you think uh, – you know, how is it going to go? Is it going to go right down to the wire? Or do you think it's somebody that uh, ultimately could – um, you know, be a blowout. I would hate for this to be a blowout. Wouldn't you, after how great this tournament's gone? I just, I don't see it going like the Villanova game on Saturday. I think it's a chance to be a much closer game. Yeah, I think so, too. I also, like last year's Baylor-Gonzaga game, that wasn't even close. I mean, Baylor just absolutely crushed the, uh, Gonzaga last year, so I really hope it's not uh, that it's not like that this year. Again, with uh, with both these teams, I think there's some real interesting storylines, great matchups across the board. Yep. As long as Baycott plays and as long as he's at least 85 to 90 percent healthy I think they stand a really good chance to keep up on, on both ends I guess that's the question is how healthy does he really need to be 80 to 90 percent you think is what Baycott needs to be for this to be a, to this to have a real shot yeah I love how Hubert Davis was just like hey if he has to just stand around he's still going to be playing and it just really shows you that Baycott who uh, hauls down rebounds is a, is a prowess defensively really can show what he he could do on that side of the uh, of the you know the court and then offensively he just he, he puts up those second chance points that's exactly what North Carolina needs to go you know going up against David McCormack a, a really skilled big man uh, for the Jayhawks. Man, you want to talk about it with us? We'd love to hear about it with you right now. Again, our telephone number is 505-6009. Get you right on in and through to Sports Talk today as we continue uh, with more of the show and have a line ringing in. So, again, looking forward to hearing uh, what you have to say about tonight's game. And uh, let's check the poll, the Twitter poll right now. We asked who you like, who you, t- uh, who you think. 19 votes, so we uh, hopefully get some more votes in. 
53% of you are going Kansas. 47% believe North Carolina will win. That's pretty close. So keep those votes coming to our Twitter poll at 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go to Memphis Drew. He joins us next at 505-6009. Drew, how are you? This is Memphis Drew. I'm doing just fine, Steve. You don't get too many NBA calls these days, do you? We get no NBA calls, it seems like. It's so weird <laughs> how people just... And, uh, yeah. And the uh, Lakers and Knicks and uh, San Antonio Spurs are uh, not doing too well. But the Spurs, uh, no. looks like they're going to get in the, to the play-in tournament. I think I'm they a long are. wolf out here, Steve. I'm a long wolf. I'm the only Memphis Grizzlies fan in town. But you and Adrian, you, you know basketball very well. You know how they're doing, right? They're streaking. They're playing their best basketball of the year right now, Drew. They're, you know, they're not going to catch Phoenix, but they are very much solidifying themselves as that two seed. I think so, and they've proven they can beat the top teams. They've beaten. They owned the series, uh, season series over Phoenix and several yep. other uh, good teams. So. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, they are dangerous, and I'm going to throw this at you since we're talking about the Grizzlies right now. We always hear so much about, uh, you know, how great uh, Morant is and, and what he's done. Um, they got a nice little group of supporting players, don't they? I mean, you might, if you don't follow basketball or the Grizzlies, you don't know the names like Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain, but um, you know, Brooks has only played 30 games due to injuries, but between Jaron Jackson Jr., Bain, and then you can even look at guys like DeAnthony Melton, um, you know, they've, they've been able to really provide the spark that Memphis needs. Yeah, and Tyus Jones is probably the best backup point guard in the NBA. By the way, that's a great story in itself. Because Tyus Jones, um, you're right, has, has, you know, here's somebody who's 25 years old, could probably start and put together really good numbers uh, in a lot of places, and yet he puts himself uh, right now, uh, you know, as a guy that gets about, what, 20 minutes a game with, uh, with Memphis. Yeah, I hope we can keep him. Now, Cal Anderson... He, he he asked to our program, but uh, I think we could afford to let him go. But uh, Adrian, we're get when some you look, when, yep. Adrian, when you look at Memphis right now, what besides uh, John Morant, what do you think makes them so dangerous? Well, I, I actually have a little problem with John Morant being out, Steve. He's only played fifty six games. I'm a little worried right now. Like I, I'm, I am as bullish on Memphis as everybody else is. I love how exciting they've been all year. I don't want to really, uh, you know, rain on this parade right here of praising this uh, young Grizzlies roster. My biggest concern is John Morant's, uh, Morant's health when it comes to the playoffs. He hasn't played. Uh, you know, in a while, he's only played 56 games. Not sure if he's going to make an All NBA team. I love their supporting cast: Brandon Clark, you can mention Jaron Jackson Jr., who leads the league in block shots per game and total blocks. Uh, and and you can look at guys. I, I love the fact that you mentioned, uh, you know, DeAnthony Melton. I like Desmond Bain. I think Tyus Jones, uh, not not a good. Uh, you know, he's a solid backup point guard, but he's not as good as Jordan Poole has been for the Golden State Warriors in Steph Curry 
Curry's absence. That's my biggest thing right there. Memphis Grizzlies, they deserve the Southwest Division. They deserve a, a number two seed in the Western Conference. I'm not sure how deep they're going to go in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just ha- a little concerned about John Morant's health. I would kind of say, Steve, Memphis, Gri- Memphis really reminds me of the Phoenix Suns, uh, but the Phoenix Suns also have both Devin Booker and Chris Paul. The Memphis Grizzlies only have John Morant as far as superstars go. All right, so I'll throw this one at you right now, Drew. If Morant is not healthy enough to play in the postseason, how far can Memphis go without him? I think they still do a very respectable job. And and uh, Taylor Jenkins, he's my coach of the year. He, he's established a, a system there. I, I put him ahead. You know, Money Williams, you know, he, he's got Chris Paul and – but uh, Taylor Jenkins, nobody thought Memphis would do this well. He's my coach of the year. Who's yours? And I'll uh, y'all. All right, that's, that's another great question. All right, coach of the year right now in the NBA. And that's a – I mean, that, you look at the teams. I you know people are going to probably all look in the, uh, in the West for everything. But is it is it a stretch to go with Eric Spolstra and the job he's done with Miami this year? I, I, just a little bit, Steve, because he had a, a real bad problem that happened, you know, on the bench that happened a while back. So I, I just think on pure looks, they won't do that because he he went he got into this really weird altercation with Jimmy Butler in the middle of a game recently. So I'm not sure there. I, you know, the Miami Heat have been good, but they've also been missing guys left and right. I'd still yep. go Ime Udoka from Boston. I, you know, you talk to me in uh, December, January. I'm telling you why uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will not mesh together. But since the trade deadline and acquiring Derek White, they've been one of the best teams in the East, which is the best conference right now. It's the powers have shifted over to the East in the NBA, uh, and now, yeah, I, if you want to put so, Taylor Jenkins in the mix, yep. I'd kind of put them one A, one B: Taylor Jenkins and Ime Doka. I think it's cool that we're talking about uh, two guys that are not household names right now in the NBA as possibly being one two for Coach of the Year. I think so, too. I mean, if you want to throw a household name in there, maybe Jason Kidd for getting the Dallas Mavericks uh, in a you know a top-four seed in the Western Conference, which Rick Carlisle couldn't do in the past couple of years with uh, the Mavs. So that, that could be another name you include in that mix. I like that one, too. I do. So good call. Appreciate you getting in today. And as we continue here on Sports Talk, we're nearing the end of the program on uh, our championship edition of the show. Again, Happy hour specials, unbelievable food. In fact, in 15 minutes, the 299 smoked beef ribs from the state line will be underway while they last. Dine in only. You got uh, three, four, five dollar pints. You also have the four dollar fireballs all here at Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino, at the corner of Lee Trevino and Vista del Sol. Before we go to Charlie One and come back to wrap it up on our final countdown, uh, just want to tell you a little story about um, what happened with Jesus and Monica. Now, they already moved out of their home in Socorro, and they needed to sell it because it was just sitting there vacant. So they reached out to who else but Brian Birds and his team, and that home was listed and under contract in just two weeks for $20,000 over the list price. In fact, it closed a week later. Jesus and Monica were so happy to get that home off their hands and that extra money in their hands. And it's thanks to only one person, Brian Burns and his team. 
the home selling team powered by EXP Realty. Now, are you worried at all about leaving money on the table if you sell your home? Well, don't worry because Brian has you taken care of. In fact, he's got hundreds of buyers ready to buy. So if your home lists between one hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars, he has buyers for you right now. Not to mention the fact that his homes are sold within minutes because his buyers get a free head start with his coming soon homes program. So there's only one person to call, the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, the Rhinos, and uh, the Chihuahuas, not to mention the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. He's Brian Birds. Call him today, 751-1500, online at brianbirds.com or Google Brian Birds, B-U-R-D-S, and start packing. Now out to Charlie One with traffic.